Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So just a few days before all of the chaos involving Vince McMahon suddenly returning to WWE and then the company looking like they're going to sell it at some point in the year, there was actually a tremendous amount of optimism that was surrounding an incoming event. You know what I'm talking about. The Royal Rumble, the most electrifying show in all of WWE. Fight me. And if that person that I just alluded to does not pop up at this event, I'm going to riot. And to be honest, this renewed faith that people have had in the product in the wake of Triple H stepping in for Vince McMahon has been pretty well earned for the most part. So people have every right to have a little bit of hope about this Royal Rumble, or at least they did, before those things happened that I said at the start of the video. Because now you get the feeling that this, now this show that is popping up in just a couple of weeks time at this point of recording, has the potential to completely fall off the rails and be utterly botched like a few of the Rumbles that I'm going to talk about right now in this video. That's why you're here, that's how I'm segging into it. So I am Gareth here from What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 times WWE totally botched the Royal Rumble. Number 10. 2022. Where to even start with this one? Oh, I know where. Shane McMahon. Because Shane O'Mac thought it'd be an absolutely stellar idea to pop up in this Royal Rumble, out shoot fight Matt Riddle of all people, and then struggle to get thrown over the top rope by Brock Lesnar. And that was just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the all-round chaos that went down in this match. Because even though AJ Styles, for example, got the most eliminations of anybody in this Rumble, he just got thrown out unceremoniously. And you probably didn't even know that he got the most eliminations because it just got brushed to one side very, very quickly. But I'll be completely honest, most of the disinterest when it comes to this rumble in general was down to the fact that nobody understood who was coming next, because all these theme tunes sound the same. I literally covered this for a living, and I was sat there watching this rumble, and I did not know who was coming out next, because all I heard was generic theme for Superstar, and I was like, is that... That person, that's who that is, yeah! And look, there are sometimes matches that can be best described as having the lot, capital T, capital L, and this, this match was the complete opposite. Number 9, 2005. So the John Cena-Batista double botch thing, you know what I'm talking about, that one, it isn't actually in isolation particularly that bad, and it had a lot of potential. Because without the knowledge of what was actually supposed to happen, like we didn't fully know Batista was meant to win, and like this had all gone wrong, and just <laughs> everything had hit the fan, it looked like they just paid some kind of loving homage to the Lex Luger-Bret Hart elimination thing, where they both fell over the top rope, hit down, it was controversy, and it led to a bit of stories, like over the next couple of weeks, we just thought it was that again. Sure, it was chaotic, but to older fans, it was familiar, and it felt like, okay, yeah, this could work. And to younger fans, it was just, oh my God, what is happening? The two absolute new stars of tomorrow have both fallen over the top rope. What is going to happen next? Well, 
Well, I'll tell you what happened next. For some reason, a very erratic Vince McMahon stormed down to the ring, blew one quad on the way down, and then blew another one as he got into the ring, sat there on his bottom, started barking orders, and everybody looked so confused. It was carnage, chaos, whatever you want to call it. It was absolutely nuts. But perhaps the weirdest part of all of this was the fact that he just chose to restart the match and then had Batista very quickly eliminate John Cena to win the thing, which is cool, and he got a nice poster moment there. But it was weird, wasn't it? It was just restarted again, very lackluster, bit of a throwaway, if you ask me. Number eight, the 2019 women's. During her initial rise as the man, Becky Lynch was both the immovable object and the irresistible force. I think that's the way of describing those things. She was everything. And it was a pretty good thing that she was, to be honest, because WWE looked like they were doing absolutely everything in their power to derail this absolute ball of momentum. Because on the night of the 2019 Royal Rumble, she was booked in a title match, which she lost, no less. And this was designed to make you think, oh, is she even going to pop up in the Royal Rumble? Is this going to be another night where we're just left with our heart's broken because we've been conditioned at that point that this is what this company like doing and then they do it later on they did it before they just like to see our hearts broken but thankfully they did actually bring becky out to win the rumble but she didn't just get given an entrance number no no she she had to come down and pick the bones pretty much of lana who'd been knocked out on the floor she'd been battered she'd hurt her ankle it was really sad and becky just came out and went well she's battered I'll come in and I'll, I'll win it. And Finley was like, yeah, cool. That's a better plan than what I have. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. And it was just weird. It was just stunted. It felt a bit clumsy. But it was a bit frustrating because this, this character who'd been so badass and just said, I'll defeat all the odds, just as she walked in and took advantage of something. She felt very opportunistic. She felt very edge-like, heel-edge-like. We don't like that. It didn't work for me. It was a bit strange. But at least we got to the end result of her lifting both the belts and there was no botches on that night either. Number seven, 2013. Put it this way, it is harder to craft a bad Royal Rumble than a good one because I know, we both know, we've booked many a Royal Rumble in our minds and they're always incredible, aren't they? They got to the point where they couldn't even apply any reasonable thought to the company's probably most prestigious match that they have, the most sacred match, the match that you really can't lose on if you just give it a tiny little bit of thought. Outside of their big play, and this was John Cena winning the Rumble to somehow make up for a bad year that he'd had after losing to The Rock, even though that year still saw him beat Brock Lesnar of all people. The rest of the company though was just on pause and it was pretty much entirely reliant on CM Punk having one of the best WWE Championship reigns of modern times even though he was battered, broken down and on the edge of saying F you I'm getting out of here. And the titular match itself was a reflection of the malaise and the drabness beyond belief. The only shining light in an otherwise deeply forgettable and rather depressing Royal Rumble was Chris Jericho coming back, popping the world, being a surprising Iron Man as well and then not really having a storyline coming out of that centered around the Royal Rumble match itself. So even that had its own weirdness to it. Number six, 1999. Whatever you do, don't believe the hype when it comes to the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon rivalry thing carrying absolutely every single pay-per-view that they were ever attached to because this, this Royal Rumble proves that they were good, but they weren't that good. Many people class this as the Russo Rumble because it was dropped slap bang in the middle of his weird reign of dominance in WWE. And it shows because this match was so heavily reliant on angles and everything else. It just felt like the wrestling was a thing that was there that was just getting in the way and just wanted to get around the wrestling to shoot more angles and controversy, bro. It just felt like nothing really mattered because most of the match was people standing around scratching their asses and then Vince and Austin came back in towards the end, had a bit of a scrap and then Vince won. Vince won this Royal Rumble. That alone is enough of a botch for me. But was it really an angle worth sacrificing the best match that you've got on your calendar all year round? I don't think it is. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Number five, the 2022 women's. So WWE's corporate catch-all when it comes to what the brand of WWE and sports entertainment fundamentally stands for and what it's there and designed to do is putting smiles on faces. Which is a bit weird because the 2022 women's Royal Rumble felt like it was hell-bent and designed on ripping away those smiles, shoving them straight up your candy ass and then making you crap them back out, eat them and then poop them out again and just keep the cycle going for as long as the match itself lasts for. It was just cruel across the board and it was the the accuracy of the cruelty at people that people like, do you know what I mean? It was people like Molly Holly, Melina, Sasha Banks, all these people that got lovely responses just got embarrassed at various points in this match and it felt just horrible. It's like a nasty person put it together, go figure. Like I said, Melina got dumped out just a few seconds into her appearance or return, whatever you want to call it. Sasha Banks, who was like one of the main baby faces of the evening, she got dumped out unceremoniously. And then you have mighty Molly Holly, she came down to the ring, got a lovely reception, then got battered by Nikki A.S.H. and dumped straight out in like 20 seconds flat. But all of that, all that negativity, all that heel shenanigans, I don't know who it was for, don't know what it was designed to do, didn't make anybody feel like more of a baby face out the other side, it didn't help build anyone, it just felt horrible and nasty and nasty people doing nasty things. I didn't like it. Number four, 2016. So the 2016 Royal Rumble match was centered all around Mr. Roman Reigns, the head of the table now, defending his WWE Championship against everyone in the match. Like if he got dumped out of this match, whoever dumped him out or anybody who was still in the ring and outlasted him, got the championship. They won. They won the belt. It was exciting, I tell you. But instead of just having Roman in there and having the drama that comes with him just being in the ring and every time he goes to go near the top rope, it's like, oh my god, we're going to have a new champion at some point. Uh. They had him dragged down under the bottom rope, not even halfway through the match, and they disappeared for most of it, only to pop up at the end and then finally get dumped over. But we lost all this tension. All this drama was just sucked out of the match. It felt stupid. But WWE were desperately chasing a bit of sympathy for the Roman Reigns character, so they had a grand idea. They thought, right, let's get them most villainous, despicable person that we know on the roster to win this thing. Let's get checks notes. Oh, the the the, the guy who's, who's who's booking the next one. Oops. Number three, 2012. So in the bulk of the last decade or so, the Royal Rumble has become a match more obsessed with surprises and big pops than actually furthering storyline developments. And that's that's not really what it's there for, is it? That's not what it's designed there and what it's meant to do. But WWE like memes and moments and those kind of things, so it probably is going to keep doing that for the foreseeable. Or maybe Triple H will book the trend before he's unceremoniously dumped out of the chair. 
backstage in Gorilla. That's how we dump people out of chairs in this house. But the 2012 Yuck Fest, let's call it, is probably the best representation of this new mentality when it comes to rumbles, just getting the pops for those surprise entrants. Because we got Mick Foley and Santino Morella doing the weird sock cobra off. Remember that? That was that one. And we also had from the commentary team, Booker T, we had Jerry Lawler and we had Michael Cole. All three of them came off the commentary desk into the Rumble. If that happened now, if we got like a Corey Graves or a Pat McAfee or even a Wade Barrett, that'd be quite fun. But if you look at that collection, not as fun. To be honest, it was a pretty fitting state of the company address though, if you look at it. Because Sheamus won the whole match and he went on to squash Daniel Bryan in like 18 seconds. Chris Jericho came second, he was the runner-up and he actually ended up going on the card, the WrestleMania card, after Sheamus, so he was close to the main event. And then even Jericho didn't actually get near the main event because you had John Cena and The Rock, that was that. WrestleMania, so the rumble felt pointless. It was pretty pointless. Number two, 2014. The absolute malice and just heartbroken attitude and energy that was felt in that building on the night of the 2014 Royal Rumble won't happen again because all those people have gone over to AEW and they like watching that wrestling now and they're not going to waste their money, time and energy on whatever the hell this was. Fans booing the shocking treatment of Mr. CM Punk in his last ever Royal Rumble appearance unless he suddenly pops up at some point this year. Don't count on it. The horribly misguided babyface turn slash run of Batista during this match. That, that was weird as well. And the absolute tone-deaf lack of Daniel Bryan. Fans had the energy still. They just wanted to boo and tell this company where to go. And if chasing punters away doesn't really count as a botch in your mind in the era of gigantic rights fees and blood money from certain places in the world, then just simply look at the aftermath to really judge the, the, the size of this cell phone because it's absolutely astronomical. Because Bryan, who wasn't in this rumble, wrestled twice at WrestleMania 30. He opened and closed the event to euphoric critical claim and it was a moment. Miracle of Bourbon Street, you know the stuff. So for the company to just piss all that energy away that was there, it was there for them on a plate, is absolute lunacy. Silly. I call that a botch, a blunder, whatever you want to call it. It was downright foolish. But I tell you what would be more foolish, doing it again a year later. Number one, 2015. I got two words for you. Nope, not those. Rock bottom. No, no, not the type that the great one didn't even hit when he popped up to help Roman Reigns fend off Kane and Big Show in 2015. No, this was just rock bottom full stop really, wasn't it? For Reigns' profoundly rejected face run, and for the likes of Bray Wyatt and Dolph Ziggler and all those other faces that you dared to get behind before they were dumped out of the match and made to look like idiots. For Daniel Bryan fans understandably assuming that he was going to come back, be in this Royal Rumble and win the whole damn thing before, you know, he got thrown out because of course he did. And for WWE as a place where fans were still passionate enough to get lost in the moment and tell them how they feel and scream and boo and cheer and all those things, this pretty much felt like the night where a lot of that changed, didn't it? Brian had made it the promised land after a truly calamitous rumble the year earlier. But WWE was so stubborn in how they just forged ahead the next year that fans give up. They just, they, they'd had enough. They'd seen it once, they'd gone through it again, and they were like, why, why am I bothering? Why am I even trying it? And this was all on the one show that brought even the casual fans in. So the ones who were passionate all year long, and then the ones who just pop in every now and again, both sat there, looked at it, and went, what is going on here? The beloved company institution had a few more difficult years ahead, admittedly. But thankfully, it was never an should never be as bad as it was on that night in 2015 ever again. So, over to you, 2023. Don't do it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 